following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. Am I in the right place? I don't remember. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I'm very happy to be, can you tell I'm very happy to be back with you this morning. Um I thank you we pray. Father, thank you for your continued grace and your great love for us. Pray again, Father, your Holy Spirit would move among us, speak to us, encourage our hearts, challenge us to be more like you. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful family. May you be blessed by us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, um, so, look, I've not been gone that long, and somebody took my box of tissues. Well, I wanted to start off this morning. I'm not launch into another series today. We'll save that for next week. Um, but if you want to get a preview of coming attractions, um, we're going to be studying the work of Peter um, over the next however years, many years it takes us <laughs> to do that. Um, but it's tricky to start because we start with the Gospel of Mark. And you say, well, Mark, not Peter. That's true. However, scholars believe Mark was writing Peter's account of the Gospel. So some scholars, I'm not saying it's universal because they still called it Mark for a reason. So, But that's where we're going to start next week. Um, anyway... Marg, what you can't understand in words come out of my mouth. Okay, all right. Flip, flip, flip. Good morning. Happy to be with you this morning. Anyway, so Gospel of Mark start next week. All right. Well, I want to just say thank you this morning. I have lots of thank yous um, in thinking about my sabbatical. And um, I, I wanted to say thank you to the elders who had the wisdom to include a sabbatical policy in our uh, founding documents uh, here at Crossroad Church. Um, those, all those years ago seemed like forever to me. Um, but uh, thank you for that, for to those men and that for that wisdom. I say thank you to those men who um, followed God's call and stood here in this pulpit and shared the message that God put on their hearts. Um, Joel and George and Zach 
Mike, Ben, Nate, Craig, Mr. Aaron, as well as Randy Detrude, Mark Bigford, and Greg Twitchell. Thank you. It does take a village. Yeah, I guess so. I want you to know, uh, to those men, uh, what a great encouragement it is. It was then and is to me now still to know um, that you all stepped up when called upon and to preach God's word. And now you know you can do it. <laughs> and even better, so do we. I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to my family for their continued love and support over this summer. Um, sabbatical is a confusing thing to lots of people. Um, so I just want to say thank you to them. They're very patient knowing that we couldn't all be here together with you. Um, and that was, um, that was a challenge. Um, every week, attending a different church, if at all, uh, going all over the place, uh, was very hard being out of routine for all of us, um, not just me. So thank you to them. And thank you to you. Um, all of you and the, uh, the Crossroad Church family. You listened to what I said and didn't take the summer off. Thank you for doing that. You didn't take off just because I wasn't here. That was one of my main fears. That I would come back and uh, get to report the place had been pretty much empty. Uh, you're not going to be around, so neither are we. Uh, I think that it's a healthy fear for pastors to be afraid of building a cult of personality. That you're just here because you like me. This is a very arrogant statement, right? But this, I'm, I'm afraid of this. I don't want this, right? So I'm, it's not out of arrogance. Um, last week, I still was snub preaching. There's more people that had been here in over seven years, uh, this past Sunday. So I was very encouraged by that, um, especially since I wasn't preaching. Because a hundred people is frightening. Eighty's hard enough. Sorry, I'm making a mess up here. It's kind of confined. Um, Thank you for not freaking out while I was gone and making life very difficult for the elders. Um, not everybody, like I said before, not everybody understands sabbatical, what it's for and how come you get it and my job doesn't give me three months off. Well, I guess unless you're a school teacher, but um, <laughs> that's not fair, right? Thank you for understanding and and not making life harder and making sabbatical more difficult. Uh, to accomplish. And lastly, most of all, thank you to our precious Lord who called me here in the night many, many years ago 
and has sustained me and filled me with his spirit and equipped me to do the work that he called me to do and given me permission, along with all of you, to work and to live and to minister according to his design for me and not try to force me or force you to be something or someone that you're not. I was on a boat yesterday, which was really cool, and um, a story for another time. But uh, I was riding with folks I didn't really know that well, and the men asked me about what I did for work, and, and I explained I'm a machinist that gets to preach. Uh, and he says, what, so what is your education? Where were you educated? And I said, well, that's, that's a really good question. Uh, my, I'm still working on it, my master's degree from the School of Hard Knocks. Um, I said, my, my, uh, my education is mostly church-based. Uh, and that's a rare and wonderful thing. Uh, and it's because of the grace of God and the patience of you all that allows that to be possible. Um, and I'm very grateful for that. I'm not sure why that story popped into my mind. But the boat was really cool. So, I want to answer the big question. And that's not a question that I have. I already have the answer. But maybe you have the big question. What did you do while you were gone? Well, thank you for asking. <laughs> uh, so, I just want to give a brief, um, I don't know, synopsis. Is that a word we can use? Overview? 25 cents for that word. Uh, sabbatical synopsis. That is not the title of my message this morning, although it should be, I guess. I will say that um, June, the month of June, was by far the hardest month of my sabbatical, mostly because I really was not away um, during the month of June. Kids are still in school until like the last week of June. We still still had the sports. I was still coaching baseball, um, so there really wasn't a huge change in my routine, other than I couldn't be here with you, which stunk out loud. Um, it was very difficult. Um, there was not a huge change in my routine other than not preparing and preaching um, and being here. And that was really the hardest part of the whole thing, is just being separated from you folks. I spent most of my time uh, working in my shop, uh, my wood shop, cleaning and organizing and throwing things out and, and that sort of stuff in between turning bats and making stuff and, and normal things for me. Um, and my goal for the month of June was really to make, um, uh, because my shop is not a job, it's therapy. Um, and so uh, my goal was to make it less stressful <laughs> to be out there and not have to climb over things and shuffle between little paths to get to stuff. And, uh, and I, I, I'm getting there. 
I did a lot for June. It was great. And like anyone that has a workshop or any kind of, well, life, if you're alive, you can see sometimes things need to be rearranged after you have arranged them. So that work continues. Um, and the last, the last vestiges of the previous owners of our house is finally done away with. You can't, you can't tell. It's the, 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 it's 100% ours, uh, which is wonderful. Um, and I, um, if you've not been in to this magical place, you should come and hang out. It's wonderful. I really like it and I would love it if you come and hang out with me. It's great. Um, so this isn't going how I thought. <laughs> in July, we wrapped up baseball. Uh, we dove headfirst into Camp Mac. Um, I've been been involved with Camp Mac for the better part of 25 years in Mechanic Falls. Um, discipling students and uh, training in leadership. And this was officially my last year. So I've retired after 25 years. The pension isn't that great, um, but uh, 25 years of service um, to Mechanic Falls and Camp Mac. So um, that's still obviously difficult. But um, it's, it's hard saying goodbye to a part, um, a ministry that's been such a big part of, of, of my life. I mean... 25 years, do the math. I was negative three when I started. <laughs> so it's, it's, in, it's exciting, although it's difficult, it's exciting to pass the torch on to the next generation of leadership for Kent Mack and um, guys that we've invested in. Nate is going to be a part of that and... Uh, guys that we've invested in for, for years. Um, it's really important to not hang on to the torch until you, you know, pass it while you still got the strength, not until they have to pry it out of your cold, dead hand. Um, so that's kind of what we're doing. Well, after camp was over, um, excuse me, after camp was over, uh, I left my family at home and flew to California for two weeks um, to spend time with uh, extended family uh, in Lake Forest, California, just outside of Anaheim. Um, and for those of you who are Red Sox fans and have gone to Fenway Park to watch a baseball game, there's nothing like that. Go to Angel Stadium. Whoa, baby. You can fit Fenway in there twice. In the empty seats <laughs> in Angel Stadium because the angels stink. But <laughs> it was really fun. <laughs> um, so this was uh, just a great time to unplug and relax uh, with family, no real agenda, no worries. For two whole weeks, I didn't drive a car. I didn't choose what we're having for dinner. Not like that's a huge burden on me the rest of the time, is what kind of cereal do you want tonight? That's my decision. 
um, the one that's mine to make. Um, I got to hang out with my aunt and uncle and cousins and, and their families, and it was wonderful. Um, uh, got to do all kinds of fun things. You go to Angels Stadium, Angels game, which is great. Watch them get smoked by the Astros. We went to Disneyland, uh, went to the ocean, a couple different churches and some a couple different Bible studies, as well as meet some guys who, I don't know if you know this, but we recorded sermons here and and put them on a website. And there, there are other people that listen. There's not a lot of them, but some of them are in California and I got to meet them. And I'll go to a Bible study and like, hey, is that the guy? And yeah, yeah, that's the guy. So that was kind of fun. I did not sell any t-shirts or merch. I didn't bring any merchandise or anything. Yeah, yeah. Cross road to t-shirts or something. Yeah. I went to Anaheim and all I got was this lousy t-shirt, that sort of thing. Or I could say West Ossipee. Yeah. The, The guy, maybe. I don't think so. Um, so in uh, in California, the weather was was awesome. I think when uh, you read Revelation twenty twenty one and and the, the Lord brings down the New Jerusalem, uh, wipes out the old heaven, the old earth, and reestablishes uh, New Jerusalem on a new earth. I think it's going to start in Southern California because the weather there is perfect. Um, that was funnier in my mind. Anyway, it's really nice. I guess if you like 85 and sunny with no humidity, it's nice. Every day, all year long. Which is good, because I do. But anyway. Uh, so in August was time for, time for family, time for kind of re-entry. Um, um, two of the boys started preseason football. Um, which is uh, starting to get back into routine. And we're able to go as a family to Myrtle Beach um, for a week. It was also 85 and sunny there with 250% humidity. Um, but we had fun being together. Uh, it was really great. Um, and we got when we got home, we got to start reconnecting with, uh, with real life again and, and uh, a little bit with you folks, um, um, which... Is really good because I was really ready to be to be back home. So now, in thinking about the sabbatical, don't worry, we got scripture to talk about too. So it's in sermon part two here. Um, I want to tell you. I I really want to tell you my sabbatical was um, a mountaintop experience, and that now that I've been on sabbatical, I both can walk on water and glow in the dark, um, but I can't. I, I want to tell you that, uh, you know, my time was just, was dripping with the Holy Spirit and, and, and fresh new wisdom that I have to share with you all, but it wasn't. Um, I've even found myself feeling guilty when people ask me, um, so did you get to do a lot of reading and studying while you were a gun? while you're away, and I want to say, oh, well, of course, because I'm, you know, very studious. Uh, well, no, I can't read, so no, I didn't. Um, I did get a lot of rest. I did get to do a lot of things that fill my cup, um, and I got to watch a lot of baseball, which fills my cup. That's what I'm... Uh, 
it was good to unplug. It was good to let some things go. It was good for me. And whether you know it or not, it was good for you. Uh, in a lot of ways. Um, I, I've, I've said several times to people, I was really nervous about my speech coming back. Like, cause I've had a really good couple of weeks with the speech. And I was thinking, if I come back here and started talking like before, you're going to say, I, it worked, and you're back. <laughs> no. <laughs> so that's not how it works. Um, so praise God for messed up accents this morning. Um, I I do want to say that my time away was not totally devoid of new wisdom. Not new, old, old new wisdom. I want to share with you what the Lord pointed out to me. Um, and it took three months and two weeks to get to me. Um, it's simple and profound. And the Lord shared it with me from a, a podcast interview with John Piper. It's just three words. He kept me. Not like he kept me instead of throwing me out. But he kept me. He preserved me. He protected me. Kept me close to him. I don't keep myself. He keeps me. You don't keep yourself. He keeps you. He keeps us. I want to look at uh, scripture at Jude 24 and 25. There's only one chapter. And even when I tried to get there in my own Bible, I, I had a hard time finding it. it well, I knew where it was, but the, I go to Jude so often. The pages were stuck together. <laughs> John 3, third, third John Revelation. No, Jude's in there somewhere. Anyway, Jude, a tiny little letter right before Revelation. It's only one chapter. And I only want to look at the, the last few verses. You may have heard these verses before. Um, this is one of the most beautiful doxologies in all of Scripture, kind of the end of the letter. Jude writes, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling... And to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. I have a tendency to think that everything in my own little world is my responsibility. Even my own salvation and my own sanctification, growing to be more like Christ, is all my responsibility. And on sabbatical, I thought that if I just did the right things or go to the right places, that I would receive a spiritual benefit, that basically my effort would bring me closer to good which sounds foreign coming out of my mouth from this spot because I've been preaching the opposite for forever. But I've been trying to keep myself. 
and that's not my job. We tend, I say we, and I mean me and the mouse in my pocket, we tend to focus on keeping ourselves from sinning, that walking with Christ is about just not being bad anymore. Now, I'm not saying that we don't have responsibility for our sin. We do. We are still responsible to say no to sin. We have, because of Christ in our lives, we have both the ability and a responsibility to say no to sin. Sin is a choice for us now. I've had said that before. But we don't have to do that by ourselves. This is where I was getting into trouble. I say, well, just say no. I don't really feel like saying no to sin right now, right? So this all my choice, my responsibility, right? No. We don't have to say no to sin by ourselves. We do that in tandem with the one who is able to keep us from stumbling. If it was just us, they would say, now to you who are able to keep yourselves from stumbling. Look, we can't even put our shoes on without God's help. Say nothing about walk around and not trip over something. Now, this is not literal stumbling, obviously. It's stumble into sin. He is the one who makes it possible for us not to stumble, to not sin. And we often get trapped in thinking that avoiding sin is now all on us. Our sanctification is now all up to us. All I have to do is make the right choices and I'm good. And when we do this, when we think this way and act this way, we are turning our backs on him who is able to keep us from stumbling. It's like slap his hand away. No, no, no. I'm good. I'm fine. You're not. (laughs) I'm not. I was thinking just this morning how old my kids are. Good night. They remember? Some of them were small. Well, smaller ones. And when the kids are little and they start to get independence and you want to hold their hand, and they jerk their hand away. No, I do it myself. I'll walk on my own. No, we're in a parking lot. Give me your hand. This is our, like, this has been the last 16 years of our life. <laughs> but that's exactly what we do. The Lord says, I'm able to keep you from stumbling. Just hold on to my, get up. I'm good. Let me do it. And down you go. You're not able. We're not. We're not able. We walk out in front of a car. That's it. He will not only keep us from stumbling, but he will keep us, he will preserve and protect us all the way to his throne. It's not just until you get to the other side of the parking lot. He wants to hang on to us. He's saying, let me hang on to you all the way to my throne. Like the judgment seat of Christ we're talking about here, right? All the way until this body just 
gives out, he still holds us, still keeping us. He is able to keep you from stumbling and present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. He's able to keep us from stumbling and he is able to present us blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. How is this possible? Well, you know, it's only possible through faith in Jesus Christ. It's only possible because of Christ's death on the cross for us. It's only possible because Christ took our place. When we accept the truth of our guilt and accept the truth of our need for forgiveness and accept the truth that Jesus' death on the cross is the only means for that forgiveness and it is enough, then we can turn from that sin, that sin that only leads to death, and receive the new life that he bought for us with his own blood. That's all him. What are you doing? Slap his hand away. No, no, I'm not right. You're not all right. Not without a Jesus. You're not. I'm not. All we do is receive the gift. After a while, I think sometimes your kids get instinctive. They step to the end of the parking lot and stick their hand up to grab on. Because they know. That's all we have to do. Is open our hands to receive the gift. Of God's salvation. His keeping power. By faith we open our hands. And we open our hearts. And accept the work that he has done. He's done the work. And from the moment that we receive that great gift. He keeps us from stumbling. Forever. He keeps us all the way to his throne to present us blameless. All our sins washed away. No more stumbling on your record, that's all. He keeps us by filling us with the Holy Spirit. He keeps us by giving us his word, the Bible, and allowing us to listen to his words. He keeps us through prayer, through listening to our words and hearing our hearts. These are the means by which God keeps us. John Piper said in that interview, Immerse yourself in God's word, pleading with him to open your eyes to glory. I heard a story of a man who does not believe in the Lord, has not surrendered his life to Christ, and read the whole Bible and didn't get it. I read it. Eh. Hmm. Without the Holy Spirit, the Bible just a book. When you immerse yourself in God's Word, that's fine. Read all day long. That's fine. If you do not plead with the Lord to open your eyes to glory, you're just reading a book. It might as well be popular mechanics. Plead with the Lord to open your eyes to glory. And one thing that I found very interesting here in verse 24, when he presents us um, before the presence of his glory with great joy, great joy. Who's, who's got the joy there? 
Whose joy is that? Who has the great joy? These are the types of questions I like to ask. We want to say, well, it's ours, right? Hey, we made it. Woo! <laughs> right? <laughs> it's both his and ours. Our freedom from the penalty for sin should bring us great joy. We are set free from the chains of sin and death and hell. Yay. Right. Woo. It's a rough translation there. Being kept by the one who has made us and loves us all the way to the presence of his great glory should bring us great joy. But it's not just our joy. Our forgiveness, our adoption, our being kept brings our Father great joy. How, just inside my head, I'm sure, I'm very grateful that the Lord tolerates me and is going to tolerate me all the way to His throne and when I get there, he's going to be like, all right, you're good, go inside. I'm moving on to somebody I like more. You're kind of a pain in the neck. No, no. Our forgiveness and adoption brings our Father great joy. And those who reject him and say, I'm good, breaks our father's heart maybe you've had that feeling when your own kid slaps your hand away when you're trying to help them oh that brings you great joy doesn't oh look at their little independent spirit (laughs) they're going to be a great new englander i just want to grab their hand and it breaks our father's heart when we do the same thing now i can do it on my own get off of me Reaching up to grab our Father's hand brings Him great joy. You are the one who can keep me from stumbling, and I am not going to make it if you do not hold on. That brings our Father great joy. That's what the Christian life is. That's why you stand in worship with your hand up. <laughs> Get, come on. Grab on. Right. I'm going to see you where he starts singing. Everybody's <laughs> grabbing off, <up>, right? <laughs> our being kept brings our Father great joy. I want to sing a song, if you can tolerate that, um, that has been a blessing to me along these same lines. Um, it's called He Will Hold Me Fast. You might have heard it before, but you're going to hear it now. Can you mute this microphone for just a second? It's going to get.
and present you with blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all, all time and now and forevermore. Amen. 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 If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipee, New Hampshire, 03890.